Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 71 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I am your host, Christian Piles. Happy Thursday to all of you out there. Joined, as always, by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. Willie, coming at us from Austin, Texas. What's going on, buddy? Well, I'm a little little groggy out this morning because you put me on The Wire. Oh, you are so welcome, my friend. And I watch, you know, you watch like two episodes. You watch one episode and you're like, I just do one more. And then you just do one more. And then do, I think I watched four episodes last night. Went to sleep at like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. And uh, that's where I'm at. And all I can think about is Avon Barksdale. I know. Yep, yep, yep. Um, it's, it's the best gift I think I could have ever given you, Willie, is just constantly. How long have I been pestering you to start this show? It's good. You've been doing it for a while. When did it? When did it come out? When like, does like two thousand two? Really? That long ago? Yeah, it's timeless, isn't it? And actually, I call Willie my mainest man. That's actually from The Wire, a character named Bubbles. Actually, who is a homeless Bubbles. Yeah, Bubbles calls McNulty um, his mainest man in one of the episodes, and well, it just stuck. For those that don't know, Bubbles is a crackhead. He's a he's a heroin addict, but he's uh, yeah. Bubbles' journey in the wires is one of the. It's one of the, I'm not even gonna say. I'm not even gonna say. I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to spoil it for you, and I'm sure none of you care. But watch the wire if you're I don't know 22 years or older. It's uh, when I started watching it when I was like 27. I was like, this is highly inappropriate. It was like my first HBO show. And I was like, this this is really truly no limits. But anyways, um, enough about. The Wire, but I'm glad you're watching it. What else is going on, Willie? I saw your sophomore big board went up. That's actually on the site right now, correct? Yep, it's up. Um, and I think the major takeaway from it is Gable Stevenson's up here, and then there's, uh, I would say, a big gap big, between big gap. All the, the talent and the sure things, right? Yeah, because the, one thing about, uh, I guess, Gable – and one thing I noticed in your rankings that I I like actually is how you'll if a guy is a an upper weight, which those are kind of harder to find, they kind of get a little bump in, mm-hmm. in your eyes, maybe more so than their ability would indicate. But like with him, it's like, oh no, not only is he just probably the best wrestler, like regardless of weight, but he also comes at this um at this weight that's a need for everyone, and it's really hard for most teams to fill. So he's just such a, a, a incredible commodity that, you know, you figure, I mean, uh, well, I don't know I mean, how, how open is the recruiting uh, war for him uh, with, with his Bobby at Minnesota. That's something I wonder. I think a lot of, a lot of teams are on him. I think a lot of teams are going to go after him even despite, um, you know, his brother – and his friends being at Minnesota, uh, I, I think they're going to go after him anyway, regardless. Um, and, and back to back to his value and and upper weight's value. It's like position scarcity, right? Um, when I was younger and I had more time, and you, you play fantasy baseball, you know, you always hear. Oh my god! When they talk about when they talk about. <laughs> uh, Catchers, they talk about position scarcity, right? So if you can get uh, one that can hit, a catcher that can hit is right. If you get one that can hit, it's so much like a so much value there because it's like it's like tight end too, right? 
like Gronkowski is so much more valuable than everybody else, basically, because he's way more consistent and productive. And with with heavyweights, um, you know, you talk to you talk to coaches, college co- almost every college coach I ever talked to will tell you that the most difficult thing in recruiting is are the bookends, a career twenty five and a heavyweight, and um, Gable. For a sophomore in high school, I mean, he hasn't even started his sophomore year, but he just has an uncanny ability. His motion, his motion and movement, his hips, um, and, and there's just like, you know, you can get a quality. You can have, you can have a really good one forty nine pounder, but there's also like a million other guys that can go with him, and and for Gable right now, a heavyweight, a heavyweight two twenty, nobody can go with him. No, it's it's gonna be. I mean, it might be like a boring couple of years for Gable. He might not. I mean, once Jordan Wood graduates, Jordan Wood is a proven uh, guy that can go with him. We saw that. Who's number one? He looked great, but he's gonna be gone. There's gonna be two years left for Gable, and they're probably. I don't even know if they'll ever uh, meet again, or not anytime soon. So, I, I who's gonna push Gable moving forward? Any any upper weights that you say, ah, oh, he's pretty good. He could develop. I mean, Colton Schultz is. I mean, this is a guy that beat Jacob Seeley yep. as an eighth grader. Jacob Seeley won Fargo. He's he's on campus at uh, Northern Colorado now. Colton Schultz, and, and I didn't think we'd be talking about Colton Schultz, but if you're looking uh, in the rear view, who's coming up, maybe it's him from Colorado. Colton Schultz is great. He's amazing. And, uh, you know, he's just a freshman. <laughs> so uh, how often do you talk about kids that are just a freshman? in high school at heavyweight or 220. So uh, Colton Schultz is one guy that maybe could close the gap. Um, there's another guy on this list, and, and again, um, position scarcity had me give him like a little bump, uh, Francis Dugan, uh, Patrick Dugan's little brother. Oh, yeah, I hear uh, we'll, it'll be uh, tough to keep him from playing football at the next level. Apparently he's a beast football player. Is that right? That's um, what I'm I didn't know that, but uh, and he actually transferred from Cumberland Valley to North Allegheny out by Pittsburgh. Um, but Francis Dugan had an amazing, amazing freshman year. Uh, I think his only law he lost at the Beast to somebody. I think Jordan Wood maybe, or no, that was at ninety five. He lost. He lost to somebody at Beast of the East and Jan and then he Johnson. Had, he lost to. Uh, he had a couple other losses. Jan Johnson. And, was not at the Beast of the East. It was something else. But Jan Johnson was a returning state champ, and those guys split a couple matches. Uh, Dugan did beat him earlier in the year. So, you know, he, that's where Francis Dugan is. He, you know, he's beating state champs as a freshman. Wow. So he's going to be a pretty good one. So, yeah, that's the big board. Make sure you check it out. Some... That Alex Thompson kid, man, he is a dynamo, isn't he? He's good. He's really – I mean, we saw that at Fargo. He's mm-hmm. – uh, he's complete, man. For a young guy, super athletic. I, I liked, I liked everything about his game. I think, um, you know, is he? I, I don't know the the dynamics of the state of Iowa, but how close is he to being maybe like the best guy in the state right now? Um, I think he is. Yeah, right. Like he's, I mean, in a vacuum. I think he is. Who's the best guy in Iowa? I mean, right? would it be Happel? Uh, I would say that Thompson's better than Happel. I would too. I would too. I think I think he's going to be really good. But speaking of Happel, Happel uh, actually just verbaled to Iowa a couple 
couple of days ago along with Jack Wagner. So there are a couple um, uh, recruiting nuggets. Those are two two big ones, especially Happel. Happel's a pretty well yeah good pickup for good pickup for Iowa there. Um, One forty one has kind of been not a, not a problem, but a question mark for them recently, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, Grothis is going to be a stock. I don't know if it is. Um, you know, if Grothis can effectively make 41 and then that that's a stopgap. And then Vince Turk. And, you right, Grothis is a senior, right? Yeah, he'll be gone after this right. year. Um, so he doesn't really factor. Now, all the reports are, though, that, that Vince Turk is looking amazing S- in the slang, room. Slang, slang. Uh, right? Yeah, he's doing, he's doing awesome. Um, we heard that this summer. And Turk's just going to be a freshman. Right, so true. Uh, again, I think we talked about this on a previous show, but the the guys, you know, there's the guys that are going to the room early, like leaving high school, they graduate and they pretty much go to campus. Yeah. Um, they make gains pretty darn quickly. Yeah. And I wonder if Happel might be uh, a 33. I wonder if that's an option for him. That's not out of the out of the question and that might be an area well, what's, where what's Iowa's long-term 49 plan uh probably Kimmer slash Sorensen pretty good plan oh, yeah yeah um they so, should be they should be good Sorensen there still got three years to go Kimmer got five essentially right right so they should be good there maybe one of them ends up at 57 but you figure the other at 49 yep so 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 happily you would say 41 or maybe 33. Maybe 33. I mean, Clark's a junior this year. Um, and they're not – I mean, I was always really deep in the in the lightweights. But I could see Happel slotting in maybe at 33 for a year. Who knows? Well, they got a lot of talent coming in, too, at the lightweights. Yeah, uh, for sure. They always do. They're always going to – Oh, that's true. Yeah, I forgot about those guys. So, yeah, I was – they're going to be solid at those, those different weights. Okay. Cool. So we uh, additional recruiting nuggets. The big one uh, of the week and of the last couple of weeks probably is Bo Bresky verbaling mm-hmm. to verbaling to Nebraska, which is uh, an- another good get. And something we talked about Willie with Nebraska. It's like, t- can someone explain to us why they aren't getting these blue chip guys? Well, we say that, and then after we say that, Chad Red and Bo Bresky, two bona fide blue chippers. Uh, verbal to Nebraska. So maybe things starting to shift their way. Not that they were bad at recruiting, but you figured Jordan Burroughs and the success they're having, um, they'd get more, and I think we're starting to see that. Well, you know, Nebraska, what, uh, Nebraska's been at school the last couple years. Now, they, they've done a good job of recruiting, um, but if you look at their recruiting rankings, they've been consistently, uh, they've been pretty consistent with their with their halls. But I think what you're alluding to is there's been so many blue blue chippers, upper echelon like can't miss guys that have listed them, but then they, you know, they they didn't win the sweepstakes for them. Right. And um, you know, you're gonna get they're gonna get Red and Bresky who right now are ranked 9 and 11 on the senior big board. So, so um, And that's their only two recruits of the year so far. So, um, yeah, they're getting, getting upper-level, top-tier guys. And, and uh, it's, you, it's – what's that? Did you think Bo looked really good at, at who's number one? Because I did. I thought he looked really um, solid. 
He is really solid. I mean, little, I, I thought I thought he was clearly the better guy on his feet, and yeah. I was also surprised he could not, literally, could not move underneath um, Dakota Gear. Well, I was talking to Tyler Nauman. Nauman, when the guys were warming up before the event, I don't know, six o'clock, right? And Nauman was telling me how good Gear is on top. Yeah, he told me that, you know, even you know, Gear is obviously bigger than him, but. He said he knows Tyler knows what's coming and he still can't get out of it. Man. So it'll ride for days. So he's got great length. Big. I, I think he's gonna do. He's gonna be a great fit at Edinburgh. But uh, my point with Bresky, I guess, is that d- despite losing and maybe Gear is just that good on top. I n- I'm not ready to say, oh, Bo Bresky's bad on bottom. Maybe that was just a, just he never felt that kind of heat before. I think he'll get that worked out. But I thought. Uh, on his feet, he looked a lot better. It's just kind of a weird, weird scenario where I thought he was sure to get the takedown against Gear and ended up not coming out on top. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. Right, let's put it in perspective. It's one match, you know. One match. Uh, yeah, no question. So that's the big, uh, big piece of recruiting news. And um, how does that set up? Who? I mean, we all know Mark Hall is still unsigned, but. Others, um, who are the other big names that we're still waiting for? I guess Isaiah White is one and Sammy Colbray. Yeah, Colbray. Um, as Colbray said, at who's number one? He told me probably be around the signing date, November 11th. Okay. Um, he would probably make his decision around then. Uh, I think he's exploring a lot of options. Um, yeah. I think he's pretty much an open book. I mean, uh, uh, very open. Right. Um, and then uh, Isaiah White, you know, there was rumors, I don't know how solid they were, but that he needed to get his grades up. And we saw, you know, Chad Red needed to get his grades up, but he did. So maybe Isaiah White can. But, you know, Isaiah White's a great, a great prospect. Um, and really, we might see Isaiah against Marinelli at Ironman. Oh, boy. So that would be super. Um, be a great one, you know. I, and then, so, so Isaiah, right? Isaiah at one time was like the hot name, you know. After that Fargo, I was like, oh, okay, this is like the this is the next superstar, right? Like, I mean, he looked. I mean, he made Kimmerer and Vincenzo just look so average, and those are guys I think are excellent. I was like, oh my gosh, this kid is is the future. And then, you know, he doesn't have bad moments, but you know, he takes some losses. He had a, has the bizarre who's number one loss to McFadden, which we don't mm-hmm. have to dive into that one. Uh, then I think he wins. He, he wins Ironman. I don't think he loses anymore in the regular season, right? But then he falls to um, he falls to McFadden again in freestyle. And I think he has another loss. He lost to JoJo. In, JoJo. So n- no bad losses, right? But just no, like, no. But just it makes you I cool on that, him a little bit. Right and right. So. And he hasn't competed a whole heck of a lot, you know. I mean, he did. He did. Um, he didn't do any Fargo last year, right? He did duels, but so you know, Isaiah. What I'm saying is, let's let's say hypothetically, Isaiah beats Marinelli, or they have a ten nine war or whatever, right? Then everybody's like, "Man, where the heck is this going? Where's Isaiah White going to go?" Um, you just don't hear that much chatter about it right now. Um, I think just because White has been kind of out of the spotlight for a while. He hasn't competed 
um, too much in a, in a while since since junior duels. But um, yeah, we're we're waiting to see where Isaiah White goes, Sammy Colbray, Mark Hall, obviously. Um, and then the next highest guy I have is at twenty one, Sean Streck from Indiana. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. so so still a few more. I mean, looking there's a lot of top 100 guys that are still unsigned, but most of the top 30 is pretty well filled up. So in the, in the days to come, I guess we'll see uh, we'll see more of those guys filled in. So that's that's a little bit of the recruiting rundown as things change there. Um, but looking forward, Willie, the Super 32 is coming up. And oh, I love it. Can't can't beat it, right? Um, so that's going on not this weekend, but next. And so we're doing preliminary work slash research on it, and just how the really in the high school scheme of things, it, Super Thirty Two and Fargo are are really the only tournaments that that can make the kind of boast that they make in terms of the number of All Americans that have that have wrestled there, the number of ranked guys that wrestle there every single year it's it's crazy and it's it's going to be another crazy one this year and and as it continues to raise the bar so my question willie how did this tournament in north carolina get to be a complete and total juggernaut uh you know it started as as a little kind of regional deal uh so the name super 32 comes from a newspaper or a website um, in North Carolina, it's strictly for North Carolina wrestling. So, the the uh, tournament directors, when they started, uh, Dave Barker and Sarah Koenig, who are like salt of the earth people, are like the best of the best, man. Um, you've met them, right? I've met. I I know I met Sarah. I don't know about. They're really good people, but um, so they wanted to just provide maybe a, a preseason tournament tournament warm up. Um, get some matches in for North Carolina, and then slowly but surely, you know, teams start or individuals start coming in. And I think it was uh, uh, Colonial Forge VA. in Virginia. Is that who it was? Or Great Bridge? It was Great Bridge, maybe. Um, that started going, and and they had a gang of nationally ranked guys, including. Um, Patrick Bond and, and Cody Frisch Gardner, Corns. the Frisch Corns. Not Cody Gardner. Cody Gardner. It's Christian Is that what it was? I, well, Cody Gardner ended up winning twice. Anyway, these Virginia guys started going there, and then that attracted more and more people. And so it just it just morphed. Um, and now you get kids flying across, you know. From California. All, from all, all over the country. country and, and it is – amazing how uh how deep the field is the brackets are ridiculous i think uh, i tweeted it a couple weeks ago but one of the weight classes has like 170 kids i mean it's amazing and and not only quality but uh quantity but the quantity um half of the ncaa finalists were former super 32 placers man did you ever look at like Guys that maybe didn't even play, so there's probably all Americans that haven't placed at Super uh, right? I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it's happened. Nuts. Nuts. Um, so it's great, and there's some incredible matchups that are coming up again, Willie. Um, we're going to have at, at 132, could see yeah, Yanni. 126 and 132 are loaded. 182 is loaded. Yeah. 
So we're, we're looking, we're absolutely looking forward to that, for sure. Uh, Super 32 coming up. Willie, uh, where to next? Where to next? Well, did you say, what did you say about 32 and 26? I mean, 26 you could have, you know, there's a lot of rematch possibility. 26, you know, uh, Araju just beat Suriano. Right. And those Will guys Suriano both be, be back? there. Suriano will be there? He's registered. Wow. So you could have a, a Raju. I mean, a Raju Suriano, that could be a semi, maybe, hypothetically speaking. And if fix. That's the seed. If, and Fix as the one seed, probably. But, um, and then 32 with Chad Redzair uh, and a whole slew of others. I mean, Yanni. deep, deep weight classes. Yeah. Really deep weight classes. So it'll be interesting. No question. I can't wait. And, 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 you know, we'll have all kinds of starting today. I guess starting with this episode, um, we'll have all kinds of Super 32 stuff coming out, uh, previews and, and nuggets and and throwbacks and stuff. And, oh, I got a question. Yeah. Why did why did Rudy Yates drop in the rankings? Uh, he was number two. He lost well, to number one. Yeah. That's a it's a fair question, but um, agreed. You know, I feel like I feel like Vitali Vitali beat Soriano. That's a huge win. Um, he's been ultra consistent. Uh-huh. Um, and, and and you know, Rudy Yates had a shot to to win number one. Uh, and he didn't, and it, the match really wasn't really competitive. I don't think. Uh, not, I shouldn't say it wasn't competitive, but it wasn't close. So maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I took a little liberty there. I think you did. Well, I actually, there's. I mean, if he was number three, if he's number three now, he was number three before, I guess. Um, uh, because nothing changed. I mean, margin of does margin of victory factor in? Uh, it shouldn't. No. It probably shouldn't. Okay. Um, I guess I guess this is one case where I just felt it was right, and you can you can bust my chops for that. I just feel like you know. He, I I guess what I feel ultimately is that uh, Yates had his shot, and Araju just beat a guy that was largely you know one of the pound for pound guys. Um, so maybe this was something you were kind of considering. Didn't want to pull the trigger because let's see what Yates does. Um, and it'll yeah. make it academic. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was just curious. Just curious. Understood. Um, yeah, a lot, I think a lot of people were. And actually, there was a glitch in our system. Uh, there is a glitch in our system right now where I couldn't put the commentary underneath. And, I, I, you know, I obviously was going to explain that underneath in the in the, in the edit editorial section of it but um and i probably would have been a little bit more articulate as um than i am right now <laughs> okay all right so that's the super 32 it's looking who at 182 you said 182 is gonna be nasty as well who else what's the field looking like there do you know off the top? um i don't know off the top of my head i know i know gear is there uh i'll look it up right quick that's okay I was just curious. Um, you you wanted to, you put something in here the other day about uh, some some changes at the NCAA. Gear, 
Gear, Darmstadt, Dietrich. Uh, there's this kid from Kentucky I really like named Tyler Frank Crone. Um, Caleb Little's a ranked kid. Jake Schaefer's a ranked kid. Nathan Traxler is a ranked kid. So you're talking about Owen Webster's there. Ooh. So you're probably I love I don't Owen Webster. Know, maybe four of the top five. Is Josh Hokett going? Four for the top six. Yeah. Uh, Hokett's not going. Oh, yeah, that go. is four of the top six, though. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, you had in there uh, the other day, you, you were a little upset at, at some changes the NCAA made. Um, Willie, explain. Mm. Well, I don't know if people have heard, but um, – and I don't know how official it is. is it, I don't even know if it went into effect or if it was just proposed. Uh, the way it was explained to me, what is it, it is a new rule that um, high school recruits must now have, instead of a 2.0, they must have a 2.3 in their core classes. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm upset with that is because, <laughs> you know, these things affect the Olympic sports. In my the non-revenue sports, you could say right. I mean, basketball and football get away with murder. They get away with everything. Um, uh, when it comes academically, you know, freaking Texas football players have guys go to class with them and take their notes. I mean, that's a fact. That that happens. Like they they go to class and they text on their phone and somebody takes notes for them. not just Texas, all all different schools. Yeah, I mean, they, if they, there if they were ghost classes at UNC, you know. Right. If they, if they don't have, and and believe me, UNC is not the only. One. Oh heck no, heck and, no. And you know, here here's the thing too. When is the last time? When is the last time that you heard of a football player or basketball player being academically ineligible? I I cannot think of one. It doesn't happen anymore. They make sure it doesn't happen. Are you t- you're telling me that not one major college football or basketball player or program has had a person that's been ineligible that, that that just didn't go to class and did or failed? You're not telling me you're telling me none of them did because it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, and and it has to be that the institutions cheat. There ain't no way. There ain't no way that all these guys are staying eligible. No. How, how come nobody asked this question? Remember when it was a thing like, oh, he's you know this guy. You're probably too young. I know when when I was a kid, but he's not playing. He's academically ineligible. That doesn't even happen anymore. Don't tell me that all these programs are clean. Don't tell me all these programs um, are making academics a priority. I mean, they don't have one kid that just. Mails it in and doesn't go to class. I mean, there's Ill- guys that are literally illiterate in in on college teams in the college classrooms. Like, and that's not rare. Like, it's there's there's been all kinds of stories about the the kind of kids that are getting into school. I mean, and not to well, mention not to mention all, the kids that are having guys take the SATs for them. Derek Rose. A lot of you're right. A lot of guys shouldn't be in school to begin with. That's why, personally, my stance on this. My stance on this: at college athletes should get paid. And I, I, I know there's probably there's probably a lot of college athletes that are listening to the show. College wrestlers listen to the show right now. 
They're going to disagree with me and be mad at me. I don't care. Uh, this is this is my this is my uh, opinion on it, and a lot of them shouldn't be in not wrestlers. A lot of the football and basketball players, a lot of them shouldn't be in school anyway. Yeah. Like like in North Carolina, basketball players, their academic standards aren't up to the to the or Duke North, North Carolina, right? The Duke, the, the players that get in there, that ain't typical Duke standards. I mean, so you shouldn't even be in college anyway. You're not. You don't even fit the criteria to get accepted into that school. And now you're getting an education for free, and and, and you want to get paid for it on top of it. No, how about you meet the academic? How about you put in the work academically, or just accept the fact that you're getting a free education? Yeah, yeah. I. It, it's tough because you sound like, and, and I agree. And you sound like, oh, you well these these universities profit like crazy, da da da, um, and and then you look like you're enabling the man with that stance. But I, I just feel like people don't understand how important and the correlation between education and and making it in this world and being is so much more than you know just getting a uh, a paycheck. Not to mention that most of these guys in the football, basketball, or a lot of them, you know, they're they're taking the first trip to the to the pros they can anyways, and the marketing right, that they're giving. Right, they skip out on them as soon as they can anyway. Yeah. Plus, um, well, I mean, they talk about being used. Who's using who? Who's using yeah. who? I mean, there are they do get the the raw deal. I mean, the coaches. <laughs> what, what's crazy? These coaches no, can look, up they and got it pretty damn good. Man. They can they up and leave. I mean, Pete Carroll can up and leave a dumpster fire at USC. Uh, but if a kid wants to leave, oh, we're not going to give you a release. We're not going to do this. Right? They make it a huge issue, and the coaches won't let these kids transfer. Meanwhile, um, you know, all these coaches, football and basketball specifically, can't wait to take the next road out to the job that slightly elevates their status. So it the the NCAA system is is hypocritical in a lot of ways. And so to, to point out kids getting paid is one. Um, perhaps that is one, but. Um, there, there is some merit to these guys being, being compensated and the fact that, you know, if, if you get injured, they can just cut your scholarship and then you're done and you're kind of screwed. I mean, there, there, there are some ways there, where these kids are, are, are potentially victims, but I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like that, that's life. You know, Marcus Lattimore tears it up. I mean, uh, if I'm a basketball player and I go to Duke and I and I and I stink and I wasn't what I was, or I don't go to practice and I get kicked off the team, Duke doesn't get to recoup any money. Yeah. Right. Like. <laughs> there's right. There's a lot of there's a lot of football players at Alabama that bring in revenue for Alabama, the university. There's also a lot of guys that didn't live up to their expectations. There's also a lot of guys that you know, leave the program. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's very, and that's another thing like, uh, guys that are, you know, when they're, when you're in Alabama and they're selling the quarterback's Jersey or you're at LSU and they're selling Leonard Fournette's Jersey number that they are really, they are raking in a lot of money, basically. but that's like one kid per team per maybe every 10 programs. It's really rare 
the the guys that the university actually profits on. In, in my opinion, I don't even know if that's right, but I feel there, there's not that many guys that are really uh, okay. So so is Al, is LSU making money off Fournette jerseys? Sure they are, right? They also gave you a scholarship, and you came there for an opportunity to showcase your talents, for which you are going to make a gazillion dollars when you sign your NFL contract. So, right, yes, they are making some money on it. But if they weren't, you wouldn't even have a scholarship. So there's a trade-off. There's a trade-off to everything. Yeah. Right? I mean, you work for Flow Wrestling, Christian. Uh, Flow Wrestling makes more on your products and what you what you know what you contribute to the site then they pay you uh that goes for every company if it wasn't that way they'd all be bankrupt yeah very good point very good point um and another interesting thing about basketball players like these one and done guys they can take like a couple softball classes in the fall semester I remember, I forget who it was. Like, you don't even have to be in classes second semester, I don't think. Not, well, you pro- you have to be enrolled. You don't, you have to be enrolled. Enrolled, but you... Right. You ain't got to go. Like, if you know that you're leaving, if you know that you're going into the draft, you don't have to go to class. Yeah. You're not going to be ineligible until May when the season's over, right? So it doesn't matter? Right. That's crazy. NCAA is kind of a mess. So, yeah, it is, the, it is official... New thing. It's going to start in 2016, I think. I guess. I guess you know, like we said, the 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 reason for this rant is because the NCAA put in a rule that now has to be 2.3 in core classes. It's going you to know, hurt wrestlers and it, it's going to hurt the Olympic sports. It ain't going to hurt the revenue sports. Don't try to act like. Don't try to posture like you're trying to get tough on academics because it, football, basketball, revenue sports are going to. Jump through the hoops. They're just going to, you know, they're going to do what they have to do to keep their kids eligible. There's going to be mass um, <laughs> improprieties. So don't, 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 don't insult my intelligence. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get to some some actual wrestling talk. Um, Willie, we've been rolling out these uh, D1 previews one way today. Did 125, 133, 141, 149. is coming out later on today. Um, Willie, any thoughts, anything uh, you want to talk about there? I guess uh, for me, there's there's a lot of questions. 141, first of all, is deep. Crazy. Deep. deep. I, I, think, I think it's not the best weight because the high-end guys are not um, really that separated. That, I mean, this is Logan Stever, Mitchell Port, Devin Carter last year, right? So let's, let's not get too carried away. But mm-hmm. – the there's the level i mean where where's the drop off from title contending guy to to not i mean it's it is close i mean evan henderson is the prohibitive favorite and the last time we saw him wrestle folk style he was losing to i mean i think he lost to spizak and he lost to edgar bright twice and he he's had some losses he lost to luke Vite and makati so it's like this is the guy and I think he's a deserving number one and a deserving pick, and a, a sa- maybe he's a safe pick to win it all. And a little that is like the Coleman factor built in a little bit, and I just the stability I think he's going to bring. But that that's the guy. That's the number one. He's got these blemishes, so you can imagine. I mean, our number four guy, um, you know, he's lost to Botwin, Bannister, 
Spizak and Pongrass. So it's like there's a lot of guys with, with this kind of thing. And you can go on down the line and, and locate the blemishes. So separating was really hard. And that's why I went pretty freshman. Well, I had two freshmen that I'm super high on. Uh, Joey McKenna mm-hmm. and, and Micah Jordan. And so I had them both in like the top uh, three or four or five. And I, I just think, and I said this in the preview, it's a little, you know, the devil you don't know. And like I haven't seen those guys have those kind of lapses that I've seen others and their mega, mega talents coming out of high school, f- coming from really good programs. So I think they're going to do really well. And, um, yeah, so I have them them finishing really high. And it, maybe some people think it's reach. I, I couldn't really get a read on if people thought it was ridiculous to have McKenna 3 and, and Micah 5. But um, I, I feel really good about them both having great years. Uh, I, I don't know, man. It's um, – I mean, yeah, they could – I bet you both do have great years. Um, I just think with the depth that's here and from what we see at NCAAs every year, um, the craziness, I, I, I just don't know how – I don't know. You look at it deeper than I do. You have a more of a college-centric uh, wrestling knowledge than I do, but – I don't know how you can say with any confidence. I mean, I'm looking at this list and it oh, is I'm so. Oh, I'm not confident. Deep. I mean, confident. I mean, I, I, you could tell me, Randy Cruz got fifth, or Anthony Abaddon got third, or Brody yeah. Grothis gets sixth, or yeah, Zachary or Chisco or Bannister or Haran played. Like, if you told me they played, I'd be like, okay, why wouldn't they? I mean, that's, it's really that close, mm-hmm. and that's just those are guys I have. Outside the top eight, some some of them outside the top twelve. There's just not a lot of room. I mean, uh, in in some ways, Brock Zacher would probably be a guy I picked a place, and in, instead he's not even in the round of twelve. So I I don't know. There's a yeah. lot of upside. All there. weights are all weights are not created equal. We me and Christian were talking off uh, offline a couple of days ago about one ninety seven. And one ninety seven is really thin, you know, and 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 we might not even see eight guys there that are like your typical all American type names. But here at 141, there's maybe two, you know, 16 guys that are all American kind of stature level. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and that's with the departure of LaVon Mays, who um, kind of broke that yesterday, suddenly that he's going up to one, 149, which was long the speculation after the year. But the plan was he, you know, he. I think he saw the landscape at 141. He's seeing what we're looking at right now, and is like, yeah, I'm, why? I'm, why? <laughs> I'm, I'm huge, I'm huge for this weight, but I gotta try. And I think it, it just didn't. The cut wasn't reasonable. I mean, so what does Missouri do now? So they're gonna go 41. Um, can can Leaf make 41? Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. He and Manley are going to duke it out. Manley's apparently gotten a, a whole lot better, made some real strides. And then, you know, LaValle was supposed to be going 49. Obviously, this makes him go up um, to 57, though they still have a red shirt to play with uh, with LaValle. So that's maybe an option they'll look at as well. But, so who's 50? Is, is, is Daniel Lewis? He's a 65, you know, and they're, I think, they were, you know, maybe they were considering cutting him down, though. I don't. I don't think they would. Um, he had a pretty good year at 65. But so yeah, that's Missouri. 
they're they're moving some things around and we'll see some things shift like that i've got a i've got a bunch of notes of of all the different weight changes that have happened just since the uh yeah just since my rankings came out it, it's like i we said uh on a previous show too i don't rem- i don't recall so much jockeying with weights and and still trying to figure out where guys fit in so late right usually it just feels like usually we know yeah, and there's still some I, I don't know. You like uh, Navy found out that Matt Miller and Jadine Bernstein are going to switch. Um, Bernstein, well, not really switch because they are both 74 pounders. Bernstein's going to stay at 74. Miller's going to go up. Um, we're really, I liked both of those guys at either weights. So I think they're both pretty dang good. So look out for them. Sabatello's another guy I've got to move eventually. Um, I'll, I'll do like kind of a revamp. Um, preseason rankings one more time with all these little changes before the season gets going, which the season starts, Willie, November 1st at the, the Clarion Open. Yeah. Also, I read uh, Ashnault versus Durso that day somewhere. Wow. So there we go. I, I got, um, you know, people might think I'm a little uh, low on Rick Durso, and, you know, He's returning All-American that I have in the round of 12, so I can certainly understand that. You know what? Comp- compounding things, too, at 41 is, okay, uh, just on surface level with the names, you're like, man, this is a lot of names. This is a lot of contenders. This is a lot of legit All-American contenders. But there's also so many question marks, right? Evan Henderson we haven't seen in a year because of the freestyle. And, and, and I mean, we saw him in freestyle, but – uh, red shirt, right? Durso has been gone. Micah Jordan's coming down two weight classes from where he competed last year. Joey McKenna hasn't wrestled a folk style match. Well, he wrestled at Midlands last year, but you know, so there's all these different moving parts. You haven't seen the guys at, at these weights wrestling this style in, in a while for a lot of them. And not for, I mean, McKenna does Midlands and Micah's his first time down and uh, and on and on. And yeah, those are huge. Durzo was at 49 all last year and looked big, like big at 49. Now he's coming back down to 41. How is he going to adjust to the cut? And uh, let's just be honest, Rick Durzo, he's been good. I mean, he's been in matches with really good guys, and he's almost more known for pushing Hunter Steber, um, for almost yeah. for, for giving Devin Carter a tough match than his wins. Right, his, his wins are really not that great. Um, right, he he's known more for his potential, like his almost wins. Right, right. The, he's looked more impressive. I mean, he's beaten a Makati, um, but two years ago that doesn't mean what it meant to beat Makati last year. He beat Lenny Richardson, so just he's good against ODU guys that plays. Um, you know, he beat C.J. Cobb and and Kalika. So those are all good guys, I guess. But um, you know, he was O for Jeva. Lost to Scott and he lost to Dutton. So I, I'm not. If you think he should be in there, he very well could. But he's he's a uh, him placing was not. You know he he got eighth. He lost to Dutton for, in the seventh eighth match. So he's not a super solid All American guy that um, can't deviate a little. So I understand if you think he should be higher. But I my personal assessment is that. Um, He's probably around a 12 guy. but Speaking of, taking this back to the Super 32 thing, yeah. um, you mentioned Lenny Richardson, which made me think of it. Um, the middleweights, the middleweights last year at NCAAs, six of the 10 at 141, six of the, ten, six of the eight All-Americans at 141. 
were from Super 32. Wow. Five at 49 and five at 57. That's crazy. Those are crazy, crazy numbers. Yeah. Five, five, and six. So 16 of the 24. Mm. 16 of the 24 All-Americans last year in the middle were Super 32 placers. Mm. How crazy is that? That's nuts. That's nuts. Yeah. Crazy, crazy freaking tournament. Um, what else you got for me on these previews? You got anything else? Anyone you like? Anyone you think you I should keep an eye on? Uh, I, I mean, I think another – I'm kind of dialed in on 41. I, I mean, I always liked uh, Dan Neff. I was always a fan of his. Um, and I, I'm looking for – I'm looking to see if he uh, – how he'll do down at 41. Yeah, I mean, he was – I don't know. I, I don't – you know, I, I kind of showed how I felt about Neff having mm-hmm. him outside the top 16 as returning All-American for 49. I mean, it's just – his placing, he just didn't do. I mean, he beat. Cl- I, I, I know, I know what you're saying. His wins weren't great. His that one match was a little flukish, right? Uh, and, but it's the losses, you know. Yeah. Nick, Nick Barber, I, Christian Barber, so, Heyman, Montgomery. Right. I understand that, but you still managed to AA at 149, and now you're coming down to 141. I think it's an interesting, uh, you know. Why wasn't he at 41 he, before? He's a senior. That's what I don't understand. Um, but anyways, he's an All-American, which is something that not a lot of these guys can boast. So um, I, I reserve the right to change my mind and, and be wrong. And I've been wrong before, and I could be wrong again. And Neff could be a top 16 guy, top 12 guy, top 8 guy, for all I know. But the the wins and losses tell me uh, he's wait and see for right now. Gotcha, gotcha. So... Moving on, Christian, you visited VMI. Oh, yeah. That was a, little, and, a couple weeks ago. I, I was, like, super surprised. I, the reason I'm bringing it up a couple weeks later is just we haven't talked about it, and their facilities are crazy good, right? Crazy good. I told you, I was like, uh, we were chatting, I was like, their facilities are nuts, dude. And, like, whatever. And then It's a standalone, like, wrestling only? It's a standalone... It's where they compete. It's like, uh, I'm not going to say it's the Freedman Center because it, it's not quite as big, but it's like, in theory and concept, that's kind of what it is. It's it's really... It's big? Huh? Um, it, look, it looks so in pictures. It's oh, Okay, so maybe space in the room is big, but it's not... Um, I don't think it can hold as much as the Freedman Center. Um, I guess that's what I meant. Maybe like the, Like capacity? Like seating? Yeah, yeah, seating capacity. Um, I think I can get a, like a, maybe a little over a thousand. I could be wrong. They said, feel free to go back and watch the, but it's, it's brand new. It's beautiful. Um, how far is it from your house? That's like 30 meals. You have, um, you're in lucky there. You, you're in, Dude, you're in a, you're in spitting distance of a lot of programs. This is what I'm saying, man. It's like. It's it's uh it's awesome living here. You know, I'm going to UVA tomorrow. I'm gonna check them out, see what they've got going on. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, that Virginia and North Carolina have like they they're two of the biggest thirty percent of all D1 programs. Is that right? No, I made that up, but it's like a lot. You know, there's like six in in North Carolina, and that's a, maybe fifteen fifteen percent. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah, there's like probably 11 or 12 between the two states. Um, so you consider that, and there's like 80 programs. That's a lot. It's a lot. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great time. It wasn't always like this in Virginia. We didn't have, you know, UVA wasn't always this good. Tech, certainly. Tech has never been this good. This is probably their best team ever. ODU's got like three. I don't understand why. There's a phenomenon that all you guys, there's so many wrestling media people from Virginia. It's weird. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a supplemental chapter in Outliers uh, about how this happened. There should be. Like you, Jason Bryant, Earl, Earl Foley, Olenowski. Yeah. Right. I think there's more. There's there's always like a couple I forget. Um, but yeah, I don't know. VA is just it's just the place for for wrestling. It's weird. You know, one thing I'm gonna ask. It's. It's got to be tough. Now, Tech does, doesn't really have this problem um, per se because they've got Christiansburg, and pretty much they can pick and choose any Christiansburg guy they want. But UVA, they there is no local talent like uh, in the Charlottesville. Really? Oh, no, no, no. Well, they get half of PA's guys. Right. So they, I mean, say it out loud. You're in you're a non-traditional wrestling school in a non-traditional wrestling conference in an area that doesn't produce talent yet you're getting a lot of good guys from all over the country like it they they overcome a lot in this state in my opinion to to field the, some of the teams that they do i mean if you're in mm-hmm. ohio pa new york i mean you can you can drive um in a lot of different directions and get pretty good teams. and that's also a credit you know a team like oregon state kind of does that too because um, Oregon doesn't churn out a ton of uh, elite talent yet, um, they they recruit pretty well as well, right? Yeah, um, uh, Virginia and North Carolina have traditionally recruited um, like better than you think they would. Kind yeah, of. Oh, UNC for years. I mean, they had this strong Pennsylvania pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. And they could they could pluck guys from Jersey and Ohio as well. And uh, I think if you keep, I I don't know, I honestly don't know why that was. Like, I don't know if it's just because they have such a strong athletic brand. I don't know if it was, you know, Mock just did, did, was a really good recruiter. I don't know, but it, it always felt like they were getting a lot of talent. They always there. got, and a it was lot like of PA what? state champs, man. It's like, why are you going there? They're, and and not... you know, Virginia Tech now. I mean, they're doing a great job across that belt of Ohio, PA, Jersey. Um, you know, they they were able to get um, a couple of St. Paris Grand boys and and uh, yeah. a couple of PA boys, a couple of Jersey boys. So. Um, the Jared Garnett's and the and the uh, Devin Carter. I mean, Carter's. Stop you it! Know. Stop it! He's from Jersey. He's not from Jersey. Eh. Just anywhere. I'm not. You know, I live for like a year in Columbus, Ohio. I'm not from Ohio. Where's Garnett from? He's from uh, Delaware by way of Jersey, I guess. Yep, he's from Jersey. Right, right. But <sighs> stop. It. But anyway, so the lifeblood of college wrestling, right, is recruiting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So those those Virginia. So how schools... does VMI? How does v, how did VMI work? I mean, obviously, when you have brand new standalone facilities, um, you have to think a strong uh, front office support. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I think the administration showing they're they're completely 
100% committed to to wrestling there. And with that, you know, expectations rise, and, and with heightened expectations, you know, um, the, if the bar is raised, then hopefully the, the results will be improved. Is that Man, I'd like nothing more than to see VMI uh, blossom into a – into a team that's winning conference championships, sending guys to tournament, getting guys on the podium again, because uh, it's something they've done before, um, but they haven't done it in a while, and they've been they've been down a little bit. But I, you know, I, I'm excited to see what is there. What you know, I don't know um, if there is. I I don't know what their setup is. Do they? I mean, is it a scholarship school? Um, dude, I tried to get that figured out it's like super confusing because that's what yeah that's what i figured it's like um if you're gonna go into like the there's like the ones that are not gonna go in the service the ones that are it's all crazy I, but essentially they can get guys aid is, is my understanding like mm-hmm. but i i couldn't get like a firm grasp on on their situation so yeah there it is vmi <laughs> Good luck. Go, 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 key debts. I'd like to. I'd like to uh, get to that arena. Sometimes. Well, you should. Come on. I've only invited you to my house for the last couple of years. All right. Well, maybe we'll make it happen. Um, hey, so you know we're talking. We're talking a lot about your, your previews are coming out. We're talking about you know your predictions and such. Why don't we talk a little bit about guys that haven't AA'd yet? Mm. Uh, who who are your best guys that haven't AA'd yet? We right before the show, we were actually talking about Johnny DeJulius, and man, he's he's he beaten a lot of guys. dragons. Yeah, I mean, two he wins over beaten, Brewer. He's beaten I mean, who, Clark. Right? Who has? Does anybody have better wins than Johnny DeJulius that haven't AA'd? Maybe Jake Souffle. No, Jake's not even close. And no. I lo- and I love Jake. Now, one thing you can say about Jake is his lows probably aren't as low as um, Johnny's. Johnny, um, maybe that's not true. But no, Jake's wins are not quite as good. Although he, you know, he beat Grahalis like three times the year he got third, which is pretty good. Um, he's beaten you know Brody Grothis, but not. I mean, Cody Brewer twice, Jimmy Goulabon, um I think he's beaten Mason. I think he's beaten uh, a lot of these good guys. So I, I think Johnny, far and away, has the best wins. Is he the best wrestler in that place? I don't know. I mean, a guy, I've been talking about this guy for two, three years now, Blaze Butler. You know, he's the one guy I could see, he could win a title, right? Like he. So if mm-hmm. you're looking at it from an upside perspective, of course, we're talking about guys that have an AA that aren't freshmen. Like Jason Nolf is, you know, the best right. guy in not all America. But that's that's a stupid uh, conversation. So we're talking about the guys that have been kind of around, just haven't placed yet. And there, there's a lot of guys like that. Zane Richards is a guy, talent wise, that mm-hmm. I think um, he's also got some really good wins. You know, he's beaten AJ Shop, he's beaten Corey Clark, um, but he's uh, had some had some lows as well. Another guy that definitely doesn't have the wins to really put him in there, but I see ability-wise, is Anthony Colica. And I think this year... Round of 12 last year. What did he do the year before? Round of 12 the year before that at two different wow. But him getting round... Yeah, round of 12 last year was more indicative of the weight. He was, he, he, he really did not have a very good year. 
um, last year. He he had some stinkers. But, I mean, if you watch this kid wrestle freestyle and you watched him against Surtis and Sorensen, uh, he, he's got – he has every tool. He's got – He's got the goods to win a title this year. I, I strongly believe that. And I'm going to say that in in the preview today. That I think Kalaka, it has uh, more than enough of the goods to get it done. And his, I don't care that he wasn't very good last year. It's just something, you know, with rankings, uh, what is uh, observable and what is actually measurable, that makes me pull back on Anthony Kalaka. And that's why I have him eighth. But for my predictions, I can I can kind of run wild on what I yeah. what I've watched and what I've seen from Anthony is I think he can go with anyone, and uh, I think we're going to see that this year. So those are yeah. some of the guys that that I think are are super tough that are yet to place. But there's you know there's a number of there's a number of talented guys, but those are just the ones that came to mind first for me. You know, a guy like uh, Sammy Brooks is pretty dang good for him to not place. Well, yeah, think about. I, well, I like – I really like Alex Meyer. And I know that the reason is because he was, you know, he was stuck behind people. But um, I don't know. You know, to be – this is a junior year, right? Yeah, he's a junior now. Yeah, so I, I think he's a guy that I, I consider like a really strong contender, maybe a lock to place, um, especially at that weight. So um, – He's he's what like a, a unique case, right? Uh, he's been behind Mike Evans for three years. The guy he's got six the last three years, uh, and he's got two wins over Crutchmer and a win over Butler. That's your one in four guys that that he's mm-hmm. beaten. And maybe you think he should be higher in the rankings. I'd understand that, but um, but I disagree. Yeah, he's certain <laughs> he's certainly a guy that uh, doesn't have the credentials, but um, his wrestling is. What did, what was Brooke, what did Brooks do last year? He was around a twelve, I believe. One eighty four was freaking good. He he gave uh, Gabe super tough match in the quarters. I want to say so that means he did lose in the round of twelve. Brooks is good. He lost to Stauffer in the round of twelve, who had a who had a fine year as we saw. He beat Abinator, um, so I think he's really good. Ranked eleventh currently. Yep. Yep, don't sleep on don't sleep on Sammy this Was year. McCutcheon was McCutcheon round of twelve? He had to be round of twelve, right? Yeah, because he lost to he lost Quartz to Quartz. in the quarters. So yeah, well, I mean, eighty four is pretty deep, right? So, oh, very deep, very very deep. Um, I mean, I'm interested to see what weight Nico Reyes ends up going. I mean, McCutcheon was round of twelve, and he's ranked thirteenth. Right, right. So it's, not, it's a, not a lot of guys. Graduated. No, no one graduated. No one graduated that place last year. They're all back. Wow. Which is oh, that's unheard of. I wonder how often that even happens where everyone's back. So, sometimes they'll be like, oh, most of the good guys are back. But for all eight to return. and then Could I'll, Alex Meyer could Alex Meyer win a title? Could, could he go from never AA to title? Jesse Whitmer. Um, absolutely. I mean, look who's ahead of him. He's ranked fifth. The guys ahead of him are Crutchmer who's beaten, Epperly, Robuto, who's up two weight classes, and Blaze Butler, who's beaten. Well, I'll say this. If Bo Jordan goes 74, the answer is no. If Bo Jordan doesn't go 74, he's got a shot. I, I really – Can't beat Bo Jordan? Uh, no. Hmm. I'm not. You think Alex Meyer can beat Bo? I think if Alex Meyer beat Bo, I wouldn't be surprised. Could Mike Evans beat Bo Jordan? 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, I feel like I, I think I... Mike Evans would have beat Bo Jordan. I wouldn't be surprised either. Dang. Uh, okay. I don't think so. Can Bo Jordan beat Kyle Crutchmer? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he can beat him. He can. Beat I mean, him. I shouldn't say that. I know that Bo can. Uh, would if Bo was at seventy four? If Bo called you up and said, "Christian Piles, I'm going one seventy four. What do you rank Bo right now? Number one. All right. Number one. Um, so my the guy I like at this weight, uh, if Bo and and I'm we're talking about it like this because I feel super confident Bo's gonna go down to sixty five. That's what I've been told's gonna happen. Miles Martin's gonna go to a couple opens, he's gonna do well, boom, they're gonna drop Bo down. So that's what I think's gonna happen. So my pick is gonna be Brian Realbuto. Um, I, I think he's going to do really, really well. I think he's going to present a lot of problems for these guys with his scrambling and, and athleticism. And uh, he's probably going to be my pick, even though he's another guy where wins and losses, they really aren't there. I mean, he's got some good ones. You know, he's beaten St. John. Um, he's beaten Dylan S. But, you know, he's got some losses as well. I just watch him wrestle, and I'm like, I think he'll be the best guy. So 74 is really interesting. To your question, Yes, Alex Meyer can win a title, um, though I wouldn't favor it, though I wouldn't pick him over Bo Jordan. Um, that's just my opinion. And uh, Alex Meyer can certainly prove me wrong. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go on any further. Willie, it's, it's 11 o'clock. These people have places to go, and uh, we can't take up any more of their time, I don't think. You got anything else for them as we roll out? I don't. We got some big events coming up, uh, freak shows this weekend, and then – um, follow and preseason nationals this weekend too, and then uh, followed by the big show of who um, yeah, number one, super thirty two, and then and then we'll really get in the high gear with um with college. Yep, we're getting started. It's the hammers dropping, Willie. It's almost go time for this season, so um, get ready. We thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. Uh, we will be coming at you next time next Tuesday. Uh, Lord willing, uh, we'll, we'll come at you for the episode 72. We thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you're rating five-star only on iTunes. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thank you.